Welcome to 30 Minutes to Wealth, the show that teaches you how to build wealth through real estate. Our company, ProFunds Mortgages, has assisted real estate investors in achieving wealth for over two decades. Over the next 30 minutes, we're going to share some of our key strategies in real estate with you. Right here on 30 Minutes to Wealth. Hi, I'm Carmen and this is Jordan. Welcome to 30 Minutes to Wealth. The show that teaches you how to build wealth through real estate. Today on the show, we are so excited to welcome a certified financial planner and author who's gonna share her perspectives on how to financial plan for real estate investing. We're excited to have Shannon Lee Simmons on the show. She's a financial expert on the Marilyn Dennis Show and she's going to share some tips with us today. Shannon, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thanks for having me. Yeah, this is going to be an amazing episode. I'm excited. Yes, we're so excited. <laughs> we're talking about financial literacy and real estate investing, which I think are topics that need to be discussed a lot more. Yes. Yeah. So to start, tell us a little bit about yourself. You have such an impressive background. You're the yeah. author of two books. You're a certified financial planner, and you've got so many more other amazing designations. So talk to us a little bit yes. about yourself. That's actually a tongue twister. I can't twister. keep up with it. Yeah. <laughs> My head just can't fit through the door. No, uh, so. Um, okay, so I also am a chartered investment manager, and I run a fee-only financial planning practice called the New School of Finance. And so just for anybody who doesn't know, um, a fee-only financial planning practice means that I don't sell any sort of products. So normally when you have somebody who is like a financial advisor or an investment manager, they're managing your wealth with investments like mutual funds, stocks, bonds, ETFs, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Or they're maybe selling you insurance products or something like that. So we don't sell anything, um, which allows us to kind of have the whole gamut of advice at our fingertips and we can give really holistic financial plans to people, which I love because, I love that. you know, I don't too. make a bigger bonus if you keep your money in an RRSP or invested in real estate. Right. Let's just say. <laughs> so it's genuinely what's best for this individual. That's right. You pay for my brain, nothing else. Uh, I yeah. love that idea. I hire you. Actually, yeah. I didn't even know just that existed. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so we want to kind of start off by digging, and we have so many questions for you today. Um, to start, we want to maybe start off by talking about people that are just starting to get into the real estate industry, because okay. I know, and yeah. even uh, the new school, I know you target a lot more towards millennials, and I think it lends really well into real estate, because a lot of millennials these days are having challenges getting into the housing market and yeah. affordability piece. So we'd love to hear your thoughts on yeah you know, strategies that people can set themselves up for buying their first property? Yeah, so there's a couple of uh, really good tips or strategies that I am seeing on the front line that I've been working with a lot of clients through. So I live in Toronto, and so getting into the housing market there mm -hmm. is also really hard for yes. people. Yes. So some people are getting really creative with how they're going to invest in real estate as like adding it into a part of their portfolio. So for example, I have some people who are like, well, I'll never be able to afford a home in the place that I want to live, but I could buy a recreational property and then also rent it out. So I have my, I am invested in real estate there and making rental income there, but I'm living in the place that I want to because I don't want to necessarily live in the country or something like that. Mm -hmm. right. Cohabitating is also uh, like co-buying and co-ownership right. is something I'm really seeing a lot yeah. of, which is very interesting. So, mm -hmm. you know, two, two groups of friends, they want to get into the industry. They can only afford $600,000 each, but you combine that. That's 1.2. And nice. so, you know, you just drop a really thick legal document. That would be my worry. You know, I've seen it really successfully done a lot of times wow. because you talk about everything at the beginning about mm -hmm. how you're going to, how you're going to decide when the eavesdrops need to be repaired. Right. Do you prepare that? No, I'm not a oh. lawyer. Okay. I was going to say, wow. that out. Yeah. Um, 
but so there's that kind of co-buying relationship and they maybe buy a duplex or something. Right. And so those are like maybe those more creative strategies, always having a rent or a tenant in the basement mm-hmm. so that you can afford something, but then live on the first two floors. Yes. So those kinds of things. And then as far as saving up the down payment, I mean, that's really what it comes that's, down to. That's the big piece, right? Because yeah. How do they do that? All of those other things are moot if you don't have the money to mm-hmm. put it down. So, um, the first thing that I would always say is making sure that I hate the word budget. Well, it's so gross, um, <laughs> but it, so I like to use the, I like to use the term like cash flow plan. Oh, I love instead. that. That's oh, that word. It's a very triggering word for many, including myself. Um, and yeah. so if you have a cash flow plan that allows you to actually start saving on a monthly basis, I think it's so important and it mm-hmm. sounds so simple and silly to say that, but you could know everything there is to know about investments mm-hmm. and real estate and how to get the biggest bang for your buck in your RSP. But if you don't have any money at the end of the month, after your bills are paid to put in those accounts, it doesn't matter. your dreams will just fall yeah. away. Yes. So you really need to make sure it comes down to that cash flow strategy first. It's sustainable um, and like automating those savings every single month. And the second piece would be to really be strategic between the RRSP and the tax free savings account. So if you are a first time home buyer, taking advantage of that first time home buyer's plan in the RRSP is very important unless you plan on buying a property that you're not going to live in. So let's talk about how that works. Yeah. So our viewers understand exactly how that works because that's a commonly asked mm-hmm. question we get. <gasps> it's the best. Okay. Yes. Yeah. The RRSP, love-hate relationship with it sometimes, yes. but as far, yeah. as far as first-time homebuyers go, I think it can't be beat. So up to $35,000 mm-hmm. can be withdrawn from your RRSP to be used towards your first-time home as long as you are living in it. Now, there are some catches and there are some strategies that you can use um, to really maximize it. One of my favorite things with, about the RRSP, let's say we have a first-time homebuyer they have all this money kind of sitting there on the sidelines, or maybe they have a gift from parents or something mm-hmm. like that. And they want to buy a house, you know, next year and like this spring. Okay. So one of the coolest things that you can do, if you've got the contribution room for your RSP, they could take that a part of that gift from their parents or the savings that they have, even if it's in a tax-free savings account, Right. take 35,000 of it, dump it into the RSP. Mm. Okay. Wait 90 days has to be in there for 90 days at least. Then next tax season, when they're about to buy their house, they're going to get a massive tax refund. So let's say that their, you know, tax refund was $15,000. Who doesn't want an extra 15K for closing costs when they're buying their house in the spring? Wow. So if you have, and both people, if they both qualify, if you have two people buying that same property, you can both do that. So you could take $70,000 and potentially turn it into $100,000 from like depending on where your tax rate is, just from utilizing the RRSP for some homebuyers plan. Yeah. So it's fantastic. It's fantastic. It just takes a little bit of planning because the money needs to be in there for 90 days. So it's not something that you can just be like, I'm going to buy a house in 30 days and put it in. No, thank you. Uh, The other tip that I would say, and this one gets me frustrated because I see it a lot. Um, if you're going to use the money in your RRSP as a down payment, don't have it invested, please. There's yeah. market volatility. It's normal to have investments go up and down. But Definitely. if you need over a 30-year period, who cares? Over a 30-day period, very much we care. So yes. it should be within that RRSP, but it should be safe, sound, high interest, no, yeah. nothing fancy, nothing sexy. No one can guarantee that that's going to go up in a six to eight month period. Yeah. That's a ridiculous claim. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it should not be invested. And if you are planning to do that, you should move it into a cash product within the RRSP. And I would say the same for the tax-free savings account as well. Right. Now, um, repayment of that, how does that work? Yeah. A lot of people are freaked out about it and it's really no big thing. So how, how it happens over 15 years. So if you took the full 35,000 out, yes. just divide it by 
15. So it's, I think it's like 2300 or something like that. 2333, mm-hmm. if I did my head math right, um, is what you would owe every single year for 15 years. So that's all. The, how you do that is you would have to put $2,333 back into your RRSP every single year. And if you didn't, that's the thing that freaks everybody out, right? So right. what if I don't put anything into my RSP. I've got, you know, it's daycare years. I've got all my kids are in, in post-secondary. All my money's going to these other places. What if I can't put any money to my RSP or I don't want to, right? which is something that some people say, then all that happens in the year that you don't do it is that $2,333 just gets added to your income and then you pay income tax on it. So if you made, if you made $60,000, now you made $62,333. You'd pay tax at your marginal rate, a few hundred bucks, call it a day. Wow. There's no one going to show up at your door and like knock in. It's the CRA is not, not coming for you. <laughs> like, you're okay. You're okay. Yeah, that's so, funny. Yeah. So, I mean, it's an interest free loan to yourself. <laughs> mm-hmm. And the worst case scenario is you pay some tax on one like year that you just don't put it back in. Mm-hmm. I think there's no downside. Yeah. So, let's also uh, think about if people wanted to do that as an investment property, they can't. It has to be owner occupied, just that's for right. clarity for Absolutely. everybody. Absolutely. It's extremely important to have that clarity mm-hmm. because I have had clients who wanted to do a strategy where they buy a recreational rental yeah. property and, you know, rent somewhere that's more desirable for them on a day-to-day basis. And uh, they didn't come to me in the first place. So they just put the money in there and then they couldn't, they couldn't use it to, as, as part of their down payment. I know it's very, very frustrating. Mm-hmm. So it's, it doesn't happen a lot. It just, it's definitely something you want to make sure you're getting customized advice for yes. and not listening to yes. somebody telling you over the kitchen table. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would totally agree with that. Now, yeah. mm-hmm. if they did do that and let's say they didn't live there, um, CRA will tax them on that down payment they used. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's just all I want to. It would be to, considered an actual withdrawal. Withdrawal. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what is the, what do they charge? 7%? It really has to, uh, no, no, no. It would be your tax rate. So it would just be considered income. So if we go back to our example, if you had $60,000 worth of like a payroll as an employee, yes. then you just tack 35000 right on there. So now you'd be taxed uh, like you made $95,000. Okay. Yeah. So again, you're not going to go to jail, but like you're going to pay tax. <laughs> <laughs> That's people good to are know. That. People are yeah. very afraid. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know. Believe me, yeah. I see the fear in many people yeah. when we're working with them. Yeah. So let's touch base. It was a point you mentioned a little bit earlier, and it's all about that budgeting or that yes. cash flow yes. strategy. Um, how do you recommend that people really? Like, do you have any tips or advice of how people should look at their finances and budget? Like, when is there? Are they at a safe space that they can yeah. actually consider purchasing? Are there certain margins that you recommend that people save? Like. What's your take on that? So as far as a, on a cash flow monthly basis, one really good check-in with yourself to see mm-hmm. if you're kind of over um, spending or that you're living inside of your means. I think that's the, the big test is add up all the things that you can't get out of every month, all of your fixed expenses. So like your bills, your mortgage, your property yeah. tax, all that kind of stuff, not including groceries or gas. Everyone's like, but I can't not eat. But that's something that you can choose. But you don't know if it's going to be a hundred bucks you're next week spend. or 120 yes. or like 30. Right? You don't know. It's variable. That's right. It's variable, and you have choice. Your mortgage mm-hmm. is your mortgage is your mortgage. That's you can't that. choose. That. It's not going to fluctuate. <laughs> yeah. So you add up all of those, which could also include even like a gym membership, subscriptions, anything that you kind of have a contract for that you can't get out of every month. Those are your fixed expenses. If those are over 55 percent of your take home pay on a monthly basis, if you're self employed, you know, look at your average annual you know, divide by 12. But what you're basically seeing is like, is more than half my money tied up in bills because you only have choice over saving and spending. Mm -hmm. If half your money is, if more than half your money is gone, 
45% of what you make is actually where we're going to have to do that trade-off between eating, getting around, living, Mm -hmm. and then also saving. So those fixed expenses are really important to keep uh, 55% or lower. And then as far as savings goes, it's like how long is a piece of string? So it's like whatever, whatever you want it to be. So, uh, yes. so once you get those fixed costs under control, then we have more options available. And everybody wants me to always give them like a rule of thumb. And I say, if you can aim for 10%, of your take-home pay as being what you're saving and putting aside, mm-hmm. it's probably fairly sustainable, which means you're not going to fail. Mm-hmm. What I hate seeing is, I'm never doing takeout again. I won't buy any new clothes. I won't do this. I won't do it's this. I won't do this. I won't do this. It's not doable, right? Like, they do it for three weeks problem. and they fail and they're like, I'm bad with money. <laughs> there's so much shame in it and it's like, there's not. Just like make room for who you are and then like put a sustainable amount of money aside and be patient. Yeah. I think patience is the real lesson here. I think people don't want to wait for things and that's mm-hmm. why we end up over-leveraged. Yes, yeah, agreed. Yes. Well, we have to go to break. This is an amazing topic. We have so much more to learn. So don't go away. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Jordan. This is Carmen. Welcome back to 30 Minutes to Wealth. We're here with our guest, Shannon. Shannon, thanks again so much for being here. And we're just digging into so many amazing um, value-add points that you have to share with us. But we were specifically talking about people who want to purchase properties and, you know, making sure that debt load is in check and just trying to understand, you know, what people should be saving to set themselves up to buy successfully and making sure they have that savings right. there. So yeah. you're saying making sure they have 55% or under of fixed yeah. expenses. Yeah. I think that if you want to make your fake budget for yourself, if you were to move into this place or if yeah. you were to buy that property, you know, put in the projected fixed expenses that you'd have. And this is not necessarily what you're going to qualify for with your broker or with right. your mortgage agent. I'm talking about your lifestyle. Yes. So can you afford your life in this place? Are those, are those expenses 55% or less, right. um, you know, often I'll say not necessarily including childcare because those years are not forever. Right. right. So, so 55% or less, not including childcare. Um, and I'd say that really is an indicator of affordability. And also that will may un- allow you to ensure that you can pay for, re- you can save for retirement as well. And the other thing is making sure that, you know, if you need 20% down or do you only need 10% down, like what property are you buying? Is it your first time home? Is it your home? Is it an investment property? Mm-hmm. So I often tell my clients who want to buy, here's the financial stuff, but now you have to go talk to a realtor. Now you have to go talk to someone who's going to give you your mortgage because these people are going to be the ones that will tell you what your options are. Yes. Can you even get approved for a mortgage? Like, and what kind of yes. mortgage? Because you can sit on MLS or on a real estate. Yeah. Go shopping day. away. And, go shop away. Yeah. But if you can't get underwritten for a mortgage, all of that is mute as well. Yes. So yeah. I feel like you need a team yep. and I am part of that team, but so is the realtor and so is the mortgage broker. Agreed. Right. And, yep. uh, and, it's like a trifecta of awesome as far as getting I into a home that you can I afford. It's <laughs> perfect. I so agree. Talking yeah. about debt, what are some of the biggest myths or mistakes that you see young people make when it mm. comes to that? Mm-hmm. It's not just young people. Anybody. All, All people. people. Make mistakes for sure. Of debt, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. um, okay. So I think there are some really big ones. What I, what here's, here's the one that I see the most often I think is that I think hurts people the most. How about that? Yeah. I could sit here and be like, don't go into debt in the first place. I'm not going to do that. So like, that's a given. We all know debt's like, we shouldn't be there, but it happens. Life happens. Mm -hmm. We're there sometimes. Yes. So if you've got debt, here's one of the classic things that I see. So maybe you have a line of credit. Mm -hmm. Maybe you also have a credit card. Yeah. Okay. So there's like a bunch of, there's like a couple of different 
things that are happening in your life. One's at 5%, one's at 19%, one's at 12%. And one's, you know, secured to your house or whatever for a home renovation that you did. So like paycheck comes in. It's like, you get a car, you get a car, you get a car. Like every, you just throw money at all these different places. And it, I like to use that analogy of like a sinking ship and you've just got your finger in all the holes, right? Ooh, yeah. That's what it feels. That's why it feels good to do that. Because in your head, you're like, I paid off the credit Doing a little card. bit I on paid each. off this. Yeah. I've made each yeah. financial institution happy. I feel better. That is literally the slowest way to pay down debt. All of those debts will be there for a lot longer because of that strategy. So the s- smartest fastest, most effective, and best return on investment, as far as I'm concerned, for your buck, is you just pay, I know this sounds very obvious, but really focusing on the highest interest rate debt first. Mm-hmm. Anything that's got a lower interest rate, just pay the minimum and ignore it until you're done with this one. Well, and the minute just, you said 19, like my alarm bells went off and I'm like, oh yeah, I would definitely want to handle that because the interest yeah. that you're probably accruing yes, but is, is just... It is so high, yeah. but credit cards have this weird way in our life of becoming kind of like um, fluid. So people look at, you know, I racked up 60 grand for a home reno. I got to hammer that down, mm-hmm. but I'll let my credit card roll through at six to 7,000 every month without because it's where I, mm-hmm. because you pay it down, you spend it back, you pay it down, you spend it back. So yes. it's, it doesn't seem like this loan yeah. or like a, it doesn't seem like its own entity that we need to hammer down. I totally yes. see that. And then what ends up happening, we, we end up spending so, so much more in interest just because of that. Yeah. So one of my tips that I usually give to people is so much easier to stay at zero when you're at zero. So if you have a line of credit, home equity line of credit, or a like line of credit with a lower interest rate, consolidate. Mm-hmm. So just pay off that credit card once, just take it to zero, add it to the line of credit if you've got that available to you. Mm-hmm. And then you'll have that mentality of like, this is a debt I need to pay down <laughs> versus a rolling credit card balance that kind of just feels like it's up and down kind of depending on the week. You know what? It's so yeah. hard though. You can put those plans in place, but yeah. to really act on it and make it happen, you have to have the will well, it's and hard. the determination to do it, right? Because, oh my gosh, this dress. Retail like, therapy. Hello? Right? It does it's exist. the biggest problem <laughs> yeah, I have. For sure. Like, so, <laughs> it's my problem too. Like, that's why automating, I think, yeah. is the most important thing. And that's why yeah. a lot of people say, um, you know, that's why I find people who own real estate in retirement, my clients who are retired that owned real estate, they are more confident and comfortable. And I believe it's because of the forced saving nature of a mortgage. Yes. It's, it's automated. 100%. People look at it like a bill, but you are paying down debt in a way that is like crazy, it's huge right? Savings. Yes, yes. It's massive. Mm-hmm. And yes. even if your home never appreciated, I always yes. t- like, that's the difference because, you know, real estate has risk. The stock market has risk. Everything has risk. But no matter what, if you're invested in, if you live somewhere, you can't live in a stock. And no, if you are no. in a house and you are paying your mortgage to zero and you retire with a zero mortgage, you always have somewhere to live. Mm-hmm. And the cost of your life just dropped dramatically. Yeah. And and that is a huge wealth building thing. If you never sold right, your right. house, who cares what the house is worth? If you're going to die, if you're going to yeah. die there, who cares yeah. what it's worth, right? Yeah, it's right. really about, it's really about getting your costs down in retirement. And you can only do that through, through, like real estate purchasing, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, absolutely. So I feel like that's an important, that's a really important point. We have a really interesting plan with our, with our clients and, uh, and mm-hmm. you probably know what I'm going to say. Yeah. And, uh, but basically what we do is, and we get a mortgage. Like if you have a house that's sitting there free and clear, and I'm going to use my mom as an example. Okay. My dad passed away and, and you know, she's, she was left with a small mortgage, but I said, mom, let's get you a mortgage. Take out what you want. Live your life. First of all, I'm not, I don't need your money at the end of the day. I want you to live happily. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also, we'll take a, a portion of that money, invest it, 
in a vehicle, like uh, we're in mortgage investments and other things like that, and development investments, but she could invest the money, earn a return on that money. A portion of that goes to pay off your mortgage payment. So that's happening. Principal repayment's happening. You're paying off your yeah. debt. And you have this extra cash flow now mm-hmm. to actually live life differently. You're not so tight with everything. You can actually enjoy what you're doing in, in the most important years of your life. It's the same idea as downsizing, really. It's 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 tapping the equity in your house that you can live a better life, right? That's, yes. that's ultimately yeah. what that is. Yeah. It is. Um, just, you know, if you're bringing up the debt in retirement, sometimes I'm like, just me. We've helped people change their lives so many times. Yeah. And yeah. It's, it's, it's yeah. really interesting. But yes, you are 1000% correct. You have to make sure wherever you're putting your money, you're secure. Yeah. So you go for a more conservative investment. Yeah. Maybe you do a first mortgage or something like that. That's yielding yeah. 10. But if you're yielding 10%, you're only paying two and a half. You're still making the difference. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. So, yeah. So what other um, investment strategies could people look at planning for retirement or even early retirement? Just making sure that they set themselves up and have a nest egg there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I always say to everybody that, so we have lots of clients who are about, who are retired and then so many that are 10 to 15 years out, which I think mm-hmm. is like, you know, you're charging towards the finish line. You really right? need to plan at that point, right? I, I mean, mm-hmm. you should be planning for a long time, but yeah. who, is pl- yeah. who in their 20s is planning, but, you know, probably well, a bunch of Virgos, but yeah, <laughs> they probably are. Uh, but like most people are not thinking about that until like they're in like 30s. Yeah. It's usually when I get that and then yeah. like the 40s is when it gets real, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And the 40s are the most expensive years I find for most families because you still have really? kids at home, your yeah. sandwich generation, um, You've got kids at home. They're planning to go to school. You've got University. aging parents. Yeah. You are, yes, yeah. you're in your peak earning mm-hmm. years, but you're still mortgage. You're still all the costs. The kids are in hockey. There's like so much going on in right. those yeah. years. Uh, and they're very, they're, they're difficult to navigate financially. So that pressure is on. Um, but so long story short, when you get to the finish line, the difference between my clients who feel safe and secure and happy and confident mm-hmm. versus the ones who are afraid and have to make massive lifestyle changes, I can tell you the difference. So the ones who are confident and happy and don't have to make massive lifestyle adjustments, or um, they you, typically, there are obviously exceptions. So anybody watching this, yeah, there are a hundred thousand ways that this could be different for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I am generalizing. Okay. Yeah. Right. Um, they typically live in a home that they own and are mortgage-free. So the cost of living for them is is lower than somebody mm-hmm. who might be renting or still has a mortgage. Okay. So that is awesome. Mm-hmm. They have a portfolio of investments. Um, like a stock portfolio, your typical RSP or TFSA or whatever, or a pension um, that's providing cash flow, or they have as much inflation-protected income as possible. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say that again, inflation-protected guaranteed income. So for most people who don't have a pension plan, Mm -hmm. that's just CPP and old age security. Mm -hmm. So one thing that I've seen done really well, and you'll love this, um, is having a rental property that's also mortgage-free at that point, that you are that income that's coming in from that rental property is mimicking a pension for you if you don't Love have that. one. Yeah, yeah that's very exciting. I, I think the income property aspect is, is huge yes. because, I mean, by yeah. having your your tenants pay, contribute to either paying down that mortgage and then once that's lower, you know, paying your own bills, that's something that, you know, we, we work with investors yeah. all the time and in helping them to achieve that. And, you know, you keep building that portfolio. You have a couple yeah. and now you're, you know, you're, 
accelerating your yeah. retirement that much sooner. Now our show is almost up. It's actually gone so quick. Oh um, my gosh. Before we wrap up, is there any last kind of tips of advice or any yes. last final thoughts that you would like to share for people that are, you know, financial planning for their, you know, next stage in their life or investing or retirement? Any kind of last tips? Yeah, um, this is it feels self-serving, and I don't mean it to be. Have a plan. The vast majority of Canadians do not have a financial plan, and. What I mean by financial plan is taking time to sit down and hammer out what you think your life should look yeah, like. I hear you. What you want it to look like and working backwards from there to figure mm. out what we need to do now. And there is such a lack of education on this, really. Like people Absolutely. just go in blindly and throw some dollars at their bills and, you know, they're just kind of coasting along. They're not really diving yeah. into it and yeah, really evaluating no. what's happening. And a lot of times people are scared that they're not going to be able to reach where their goals are. So it's easier to ignore it. But kind of like a, you know, like a bad 80s horror movie, like sometimes looking at, <laughs> looking at the monster is like, oh, that's not scary. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it wasn't oh, as bad as I thought it was Wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Once you see it, like sometimes your mind ha- has a way of making it scarier than it actually is. Yeah. And so, um, it's like people who are like, I don't want to go to the gym until I'm fit. Like what? Like, what are you talking about? So I don't want to go to a financial planner until I'm, until I have my money together. Like that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so like get the, get that going now mm-hmm. and you will you will thank you like do something for your future self i actually think financial planning is a form of self-care in because at 3 a.m you don't have to worry you're so that. right and, and so many people don't do that it yeah. is so low on the priority list yeah. for so many people yeah. and um and it's I my mission in life is to make it top priority. Yeah. yeah. And one thing I will say, I love how fun you try to make this this subject matter, like even looking at some of the courses yeah. you offer, because it can be very dry and overwhelming. Yes. It could be kind of boring, but you could really be. add this. Could it, be. Like it pretty much is. <laughs> you add so much spice to it and you make it fun and intriguing. And I really uh, commend you on that. Yeah. Thanks. Well, I think that that's part of like the mission to like mm-hmm. make it accessible and yeah. not feel like this boring drab thing that like, ugh, my, like, yeah. you know, my dad wants me today. Like, it's not that. Yes. It's, um, <laughs> it, it's like, how do you do your hopes and dreams? Like, that's yeah, what we're talking about. That's ta- a big deal. <laughs> that's, that's what we're talking about. And I always yeah. say, like, I'm basically just nosy. That's why I got into this business. Because I'm like, so, what are you making? <laughs> you buy that house? What'd you pay? Yeah. I'm like, nobody cares if I ask. So it's great. I'm fun at parties. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, gosh, thank you great. so much, Shannon, for being on the show today. It was such a pleasure having Thanks you. Thanks for having me. This is great. For more information on real estate investing, you can go to 30minutes12th.com to see the rest of our episodes. That's it. Our time is up. Go create wealth.